0: Hey friends, Alan Briggs here with another episode of Stay Forth Leadership Podcast. Our team at Stay Forth doesn't just want to cheer you on, we want to help develop you to become the leader that you're designed to be. So here we are, it's a new year, you got new dreams, new goals, new desires, chances are you also have new fears and new opportunities. Maybe you've got some of the same old fears, how do I hit those goals that I haven't hit the last few years? How do I create new systems in my life? How do I grow to a level that I haven't before? How do I meet the new challenges that I've gotten? If you're feeling those, it turns out you are a normal leader, but you can't stay there. Coaching exists to pull out your desires, then to pull out next steps for you. And then we get to hold you accountable to those next steps. We get to think about new ways of busting through those mindsets. And we call that an initial breakthrough session. Now, if you're interested in a one-on-one breakthrough session, our team would love to invest that into you. We're just going to spend some time pulling out those things, seeing what potential opportunities that you have to grow through those. And we want you to break through a barrier just during that session. We'd love to invest that into you. It's easy. Just email us at hello at stayforth.com. That's hello at stayforth.com. And just say, I want a breakthrough coaching session. We'd love to invite you into that. Today's conversation is a good one. We're going to keep having conversations about how to live and lead well, how to be healthy, how to be an effective leader. And today is one of those. BJ Thompson is an author. He's a communicator. He's a coach even, and he's just published his first book. More importantly than his coaching work, he was dealt a hard hand and yet he pushed through with resilience, growth and learning. And now he's helping other people to be able to grow into who they're uniquely designed to be. Great conversation. I loved it. We're a kindred spirit in many ways. And hang on till the end. The framework alone is worth the price of admission in this interview. He shares this four-piece framework I think we can all use. And we're all asking this question, how do we change? How do we change? How do we grow out of who we used to be and grow into who we are becoming? And he answers that in many ways. Of course, this is the work that we do every single day. So the idea of transformation fires me up because I get to see people fired up, whether it's the pastor that I'm working with right now, who's breaking through his barriers, whether it's the business leader that's rising to a new level that she never has before, whether it's the team that's figuring out how do we work together as a team to accomplish infinitely more than we could alone. It never gets old watching my coaching clients go to the next level. We're also in the middle of a cohort right now. It's an effective leaders cohort. And man, it has been awesome to see these folks come together and to begin to gel. Uh, we'll You'll hear more about that in the future, but we are so excited about group cohorts. We're going to be launching more of those in the future. Last thought before we start this episode, if you are a coach, You are a leadership coach, a life coach, an executive coach. First of all, you're doing meaningful work. We want to cheer you on. Secondly, we are going to be offering a mastermind group for you. Hang on more here on the podcast. We're going to be sharing more about that, but we know that it can be lonely and we know that you need other people to be in community with. I love connecting with other coaches and we are going to build a community of coaches who care about the health of heart, soul, mind, strength, and relationships And we are going to do that together. You'll hear more about it in the meantime. For now, we want you to dive in with your notes, with your focus, or maybe you're exercising right now, you're doing dishes right now, you're walking the dog right now with your attention to this episode, my new friend, BJ Thompson. BJ, my new friend, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're recording this on launch day. So you have just released your book out into the world, out into the wild, Awaken A Better You. How does it feel?
1: Man, it feels incredible. You know, it's like, you know, I've never had a baby, right? I have three children, but I've never had a baby. But I can just get a small taste of what it feels like to have, like, go through pregnancy, and then one day, you're like, you're holding something that's live. So Feels incredible, feels surreal, but I'm very excited and grateful for the support and the love that people are already showing.
0: Man, that's awesome. There's so many analogies we could share. We're not going to today. That's right. That's why moms are scoffing. That's right. Moms are scoffing. And they're just like, you have no idea. But a baby Um, is. Yeah. But similar, man. Just the the labor of love that it is, four years in the making to get out in the world, excited to discuss that and pull some different threads. Um, so huge question to start out with. Um, how did you get to this moment right now where you yeah, need so how, to release a so book to I, the world?
1: Yeah. So how I got to this moment um, where I'm releasing a book actually started in Dallas, being born to a teenage mom and a dad who left school in the 10th grade. And, you know, it's interesting because my daughter is at right now, she's 19 years old. I remember when she was 16 and, and I don't know what made me think. I just thought to myself, that's the age my mother was when she was like carrying me, right? And then, you know, when she turned 17, I was just like thinking like, man, that's the age my mother was when she had me. And I looked around and I just thought, what does my daughter know about life, the world, school, raising a child? And it just hit me. She can barely make up her bed. You know, she's better at it now, right? How would she know anything about taking a child and raising them towards maturity? And so, you know, the way I started with this was going through um, Dallas, growing up in a dense, you know, urban environment, going through all the things, you know, volatility, violence, gunshots, all kind of stuff, and moving out, graduating from the um, from high school, moving an hour away to the University of North Texas, and realizing. Literally almost nothing about my background transferred just an hour away. And so this is what brought me to, I had an existential crisis or an awakening then, right? Where you're looking up and you're seeing people from different backgrounds. They look like you and they don't look like you, but they seem to know much more about the world than what you do. And they have skills that you need and you do not possess, right? And so after going through kind of that first initial shock of that, um, and, and, and we can move after this. I just started going through the journey and just saying, what are the essential things that every person needs? First and foremost, what do I need? And then how do you transcend background, ignorance, lack of role models? And as I've transcended all these different worlds, rural, urban, suburban, you know, subcultures, cultural things, I started seeing these threads um, in the mental, spiritual, emotional, relational. And physical. And when I started seeing those threads, I was like, oh my God, I see the process of transformation. I know exactly how to move anytime what I want across the board. Um, And that's what led me here is that I finally, after coaching more than 10,000 people, realized I needed to get a lot of these principles on paper to share with the world.
0: What was the first moment that you realized life could be different, that you could actually change?
1: Uh, That's a great question. I think I just got exposed. I had to be exposed. My first time leaving Texas was 18 years old. A friend lived in um, Shreveport, which is two hours away from Dallas. But I had never left the state of Texas before. So I was blown away that I was in a new state, new border. Um, I, I remember my other one of my closer one of my other closest friends took me to Tennessee And I saw a mountain for the first time. and I was just like, oh, my God, what is that? Right. Like I've only seen this on television. And so I think my first realization that something could be different was I just had to be exposed to things that were different from me. Right. So, again, I think sometimes we are trying to we typecast individuals not realize we ourselves have our own limitations. Right. So wherever you're from, whatever your parenting, whatever your school, your education we're all kind of birthed with these things and conditioned to have these things that are limiters in our lives. And it's not until we get exposed that we can even begin to imagine that there could be something different. And maybe those things are something that, um, that have something beneficial for me. So it really was me just getting exposed and then starting to begin to even imagine, well, maybe I could be, you know, transient. Maybe I could be global. Maybe I could be influential. Maybe I have a gift in some different ways. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned
0: you've coached thousands of people. Yeah. Um, there's that exposure moment. Um, what were a couple of moments that built the bridge in between that?
1: Yeah. So I had a huge faith, faith revival. Um, Talked with a friend and we were working at a juvenile facility and he and I asked him, I said, would you like to serve with me? What do you want to do? He says, yeah, sure. I would love to work with you. I speak. He does music. For the first time I didn't know I was a communicator. I had never Talk to an audience i never mic'd up before. And we did this for four years. And one day he looks at me, he says, BJ, I want to um, leave the kids with a CD. I'm old school, right? So the audience had never seen a CD before, right? So I want to create a CD for these kids so that as they're leaving out of this um, halfway house, juvenile facility, that they can take something back with them. Well, you know, two years later, that album goes platinum and all of a sudden we're influencing millions of people across the world, right? Um, This is when my exposure really ramped up. Um, And as I'm traveling across the world, I get to meet all these leaders. I meet business leaders, nonprofit leaders, executive coaches. I'm meeting all these individuals and I discovered that I have the gift of coaching, right? Being able to take these very lofty, overwhelming thoughts and ideas and simplify them into very like key steps and principles, right? And so that was when the light bulb just kind of started to come on. What maybe some of what my wiring was, maybe I wasn't necessarily a speaker or a pastor or a preacher, but maybe I, I had the can't, the, the gift to be able to communicate difficult things in very simple ways. Um, and so yeah, so that's what really was a transformation point, was then I realized, man, as I'm taking these pivotal moments. And meeting all these individuals, I need to communicate. And, and, and I would just say you asked me one of the other pieces um, was just practically implementing. You know, there's a lot of people who wake up and write books. There's a lot of people who wake up and have a good idea. I am an entrepreneur, so, you know, you can wake up every day and have an incredible idea. That doesn't mean you have proof of concept, right? It doesn't mean you've actually done the thing that you're attempting yep. to do. And so, part of you know my wiring because I'm more of an introvert, right? As I say, well, let's make sure this works with individuals first. Works with me than in individuals. I mean, you you start coaching and leading and development quietly and privately over twenty years, and you do with more ten thousand people, and you see them all transform. You realize maybe you got something on your hands. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: man, I can identify so much in that there are communicators, and then there are coaches, and. Um, I believe that all coaches are communicators, but not all communicators are coaches. That's right. And to to be able to take this process, we're actually going to walk through one of your frameworks here, which I love, man. I geek out on this kind of stuff because if it's practical, if it works, if it changes lives, then let's figure out a way to be able to kind of massage that into the cracks of, of people's lives. And I think with information overload and even overwhelm, um, people are hungry for, how do I have something with handles and something I could take steps with and actually um, grab onto. And so I think this book is, is unique in that. I think most people, here's this lofty idea. I don't know how to do it. So we're really looking forward to reading that before we get there. Um, talk about how the work made its way into build a better us.
1: Oh man, that's, that's great. So I started an organization, so I kind of like stumbled my way through all of this. Right. So
0: don't we all remember? That's the real no, story, man.
1: That's the real story. Like, so people say they woke up, they were smart, they were handed these things. I was not. I stumbled through all these different things. I stumbled through um, working in ministry, working in church, working in education, working in non nonprofit world. I just stumbled my way through, but I took notes. I took mental notes and I took actual notes. Uh, and one of the things that started to happen was as I was living out kind of this in, in real community, in real neighborhoods with real people, it started getting so big, we had to create an organization, right? Because it was like, at some point, you don't know how to explain why people are always at your house and learning from you. You don't know how to explain why is it that you're able to start these groups and they're expanding. And so I I literally, I kind of, my fruit just had overgrown the seeds that, you know, I was planting. They had overgrown so much. We just had to create some structure. And so build a better us was birth. Um, It was birth really, initially to create healthy relationships, but then as we began to grow and expand, we realized that relationships are only as healthy as the individuals involved, right? And so a lot of these things began to kind of formulate, and we really didn't even know what we were doing. Again, it was just, man, if we could be involved in these things and teach on these principles of relationships, but again, the more you dig into the individual as you're trying to work with with, um, couples and families, you start to see Man, if you can't crack the code on a person, individuals, you know, spiritual formation, emotional health, physical health, um, you know, their family origin, all these different things. You are really going to waste a lot of time trying to help this family and this community, in this larger um, city. And so Build a Better Us really was birthed out of it. And I never thought I would be doing it full time because, again, entrepreneurs always have great ideas. Oftentimes we have poor execution, poor structure. Right. It took me taking seriously nailing down those key value propositions um, through coaching and through consulting. Because again, I don't ever want to position myself like I just figured it out. I have tons of great mentors, tons of great coaches, tons of individuals who stepped into my life. And once we drilled down that the key value proposition was life skills, then the coaching could be birthed. Then we could say, okay, what were the vehicles? Well, some of it is a program, maybe it's a course. Uh, Maybe it's a product. Now we know what we're, we know the key value proposition. And now we know that we need to create some vehicles to be able to do it. And then we run all our marketing and then we create all of our other um, funnels and everything else. So that's how we ended up doing that.
0: Love it. Well, you've created this four-step framework for greater health and resilience. Why don't you walk us through that?
1: Man, so good. Everybody has a need and a desire to change and to grow. Okay. We grew up, I grew up in a Nintendo age. And I grew up with the with the uh duck hunt. You do get the gun. That was revolutionary. Anybody listening in Duck Hunt was not revolutionary. You're not old enough just yet, right? That's right.
0: So changed duck my hunt
1: life. was revolutionary. I remember having Atari and and you get the little joystick, hit the little red button, and you're playing Galactica and all these different things. So I grew up pre Internet. The only information I had was what I heard at the barbershop, you know, whatever I hired in the neighborhood and whatever I heard from my parents. Or if you went to the library, that's what you heard. So there wasn't a lot of information. It was a lot of application with the void of information. This generation um, has grown up and all they have known is the Internet. Right. Which is a blessing and a curse that there is good information on all sorts of things, but there is water everywhere, none to drink, right? So you don't even know where to start. And so because of it, what I've said is, if you can develop a clear framework, then you can begin to decipher through even information that will lead you towards transformation. And so really in this awakening movement, and that's what I'm calling it, is the awaken movement, right? We are awakening ourselves to say, Yes, sure. I value my family origin. I believe that I gained some skills, but that my purpose and my destiny and who I'm supposed to become is going to require much more of me outside of my collegiate environment, outside of me getting my first job, but me just learning how to live life in a holistic and transformed way. And so what I've said is if a person wants to start towards the journey of self-actualization or purpose, again, and we can do it at any time. It's not like There's some magic time. We just got to make the decision. The first part of that process is what we call desperation. Okay. And the reason why I call it desperation is this. You know this. I saw this um, video recently. There was a a woman who was on, uh, was it my 600 pound life? I don't know. That's the show. I think that's the name of the show. It's a huge show about people who struggle with their health and she was taking a big pan of lasagna back to her bedroom, like a huge pan of lasagna. I saw it and it broke my heart. And I thought, man, this is terrible. This woman is struggling so much with addiction and coping mechanisms that now she's using food in order to heal something else. Well, here's the truth. It doesn't matter how accurate the information or the structure or process or plan that I can give to her, until she makes a decision, he or she makes a decision in their mind that that's what they want, then nothing will change, right? So the first iteration of the process of transformation is not you think your way and you get a bunch of great answers. You just have to have a desire. You have to have, a. you gotta want it. You have to say enough is enough. I've hit my point in whatever area of life that I may be in, and I am totally desperate and I will do anything to create some change.
0: Great. Now, out of that hunger, desperation, um, you know, tiredness from the status quo, what's next?
1: Right information. Okay. So you got to move from desperation where you make a decision. There is no magic. There is only a process, right? Right. And you move into now information. You got to get the right information. This is the research phase. Now I'm looking through and I'm sifting through who has what's called proof of concept. I want to research proof of concept. We don't, in my network, we call it Builders Network. We say I have this phrase, we don't wing it, we plan it, Right. And again, if someone is going to become your guide, they have to have proof of concept. Don't take money advice from somebody who's poor. Don't take um, health advice from somebody who's who's not healthy. Don't take, you know, um, teaching advice from somebody who's not instructing. You have to take advice from people who are showing proof of concept. And that's the research phase. So you have to spend time actually researching what are the elements that allow you to be able to take um, a different approach to unlearn what you know right now, right? And this is why a lot of this requires humility and teachability. Because you also have to be willing to unlearn what you think you know about something and go in almost as a learner and suspicious of what you think about your own thoughts, willing to receive true and new information that has shown itself to be right and to be sound. So the next step of that process is gaining a right information.
0: All right. So desperation, information, what's next?
1: The next step is practical application. Right. You guys have ever heard of this. Some people overthink their ways. I have a phrase I say all the time. Overthinking is a form of procrastination. Procrastination through education. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you just educate yourself. You read a lot of books. um, You do a lot of thinking. You got a lot of talking, but you never move into applying the thing that you need to do. And so, so much of this, you guys notice, especially in the nonprofit world and the um, in the executive world, you have to do something. You got to try it. You got to put it to you. You got to put it in the real world to see what actually happens. And so the application phase is you finding the right way to apply this in a way that reflects the research that you discovered in, in phase two. And once you find the practical applications Now you're ready to start putting in the daily habits and routine. And really, I just want to say this to the audience. It's not about taking the big step. It's about taking the next step in the process.
0: Yep, that's good. All right, desperation, information, application. What's the last stage?
1: And then it leads you to transformation. Once you begin to implement the desperation, the the research and understanding the application, now you begin to experience the transformation. If you're not experiencing transformation, that means that there's some part of that chain that's broke. Maybe the research, maybe you're not researching well enough. Maybe you haven't created a application in that process that makes sense for you, right? Maybe your schedule won't allow you to do it that way. So you need to modify it in a way that that fits your personality, your wiring your design. Or maybe you just haven't made a decision that that's what you want to do. And this is where we begin to get the fruits of this process.
0: Beautiful. So helpful. So practical. If you are listening and you are one of our coaching clients, shout out to you. This is directly applicable in that. BJ, I know you've been spending a ton of time or investing a ton of time in this book each week, each month. You still have quite a few, a lot of interviews going on, but let's be real. You're going to get some time and some energy that's going to open up here. What's your next project you're going to fill that with?
1: And you know what? I'm already writing my next book. I'm close. I'm close to done shopping my proposal. The next topic I want to address is relationships. I think that there is a wealth of knowledge that we can gain from connectivity. People are desiring to be more connected, but I want to talk about how to do that in a step-by-step process that leads you to a more meaningful um, experience of being seen, known, heard, and valued. So that's my next project.
0: Love it. Uh, love it. Love to rats. hear more. Love to get you back on the podcast and talk more. Uh, last question. There's somebody who's listened to this and they are stuck. They are, I don't want to get out of bed. Stuck. I don't want to make my next call. Stuck. I got 17 things to do and I'd rather do none of them. Stuck. What do you say to that person?
1: So the first thing I would say is I started from South Dallas. I started from the bottom of the bottom. You know, this is one of the keys to this book is that I'm telling you, I'm more stuck than what you are. I started from poverty. My mama had me at 17. My dad left school in the 10th grade. I started in gangs. I started at the bottom of the bottom. And what I'm going to do in this book is I'm going to show you step by step what I did to leave it. What I want to say to you is this, there is a God-given purpose that you have. And, and you have to start re- um, structuring your mind to recognize that there is true greatness that exists inside of you, but you have to start believing it. The second thing is you have to start taking the awakened challenge. See, this whole process is not about just reading a book, right? So I'm I'm getting all the reviews now, Alan, for the book, people just reading the book. Information without application still leads you without the transformation that you truly desire, You're going to have to take these things and actually attempt them in real life. And I would just say, if you're listening right now, find an accountability partner. Do it with a friend. Do it with somebody you love. Take an accountability partner. And you walk through in the areas that are more pertinent for where you are in your life, mental, physical, spiritual, relational. Read through those chapters and just try those processes and watch them work for you
0: beautiful bj thanks for what you do your story is inspiring friends pick up a copy of his brand new book baby awakening a better you and in the show notes you can find where to find bj online appreciate you man and all that you're doing thank you you so much